This is I Doubt It with Dollamore, with hosts Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page, a podcast dedicated to free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. Welcome to episode 72 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting leg bangingly on the table across from me <laughs> is my lovely co host, Brittany Page. I thought you didn't notice because your face didn't convey any sort of message, but. Like hatred? Yeah. <laughs> And so I'm like, oh, I got away with it because you're always yelling at me for putting my phone on the table or putting my drink down on let the table. Me, let me paint a picture for the audience. This is my workspace in front of me. I have the mixing board, the large, complex mixing board that I have to fumble and fuck with. And Brittany, I also have a computer and a mouse and I've got a piece of paper and a pen so I could take notes and whatever. Brittany has in front of her several cork, very thin cork coasters onto which she can place her phone and her drink and her different items so they don't make noise because apparently Brittany is a 400-pound gorilla mm -hmm. who is very noisy in all things. Anyway... Am I wrong? No, you're right. But you're dumb. <laughs> and mean. Hateful. Uh, well, I I may be a few of those things. I don't think I'm hateful. I'm I doing better. And the thing is, what just happened with my legs is I forget how long they are. And so I'm trying to get in position here and they just are flying all around. You forget how long your legs are. Yeah. You, and I, I couldn't control listen, it. They were just flying around. You're five foot ten. You've been five foot ten for many years. No, it just happened this morning. No, it yeah. did not. Yeah, I, it did. I can most assuredly let you know it did not. Because yesterday when I saw you, you were also five foot ten. Mm hmm That's like me saying, Oh, my long legs, I'm six foot three. But I just I forget how long they are. You know, something interesting did happen the other day where you because we always argue about who's more uncomfortable on an airplane. Because I, clearly it's me. Okay, well, listen, and we started talking about. This is I don't know where you're going with this, but I can already tell everybody <laughs> this is fucking bullshit. We started talking about the length of our legs, and when I'm in my seat and I try to put the tray table down, it just rests on my knees. That's how mine too. Yeah, so we're in the same situation, and you try to act like I should be more comfortable on the plane, but then you admitted later that day that we almost have the same inseam. Almost. Yeah, almost, almost is not the same. But almost is... Well, here's the other thing. So you, we're listen, almost as uncomfortable. Almost, yes. Okay. But I am more uncomfortable than you. And but he, only here, by he, a little here's bit. Here's the other thing. Now, just pipe down or I'll fucking mute your mic. Here's the other <laughs> thing. Is that you are five foot ten and 125 pounds or whatever the fuck you are. It's probably close to that. Would you agree? Am I pretty close? Like 130. All right. Well, 130. Whatever. Anyway, so... I am six foot three, 275 pounds. I'm a fat cat 
away from 300 pounds. So when I sit in a tiny coach seat, this last flight we took was on Southwest. When I sit in a tiny coach seat, it's not only my legs, which becomes a resting point for the tray table. It's my stomach, which isn't distended. It's not huge, but I got a little bit of a belly. It it also pushes back against the against the tray table. So it's plus when I sit down between the two armrests on a plane, it's a shit show. I barely squeeze in. I don't need a seatbelt because if there's turbulence, I'm jammed in there good enough anyway. I'm not going to go bouncing around. Okay. I don't have those other problems, but my problems are still significant. Hence my conclusion that I am more uncomfortable than you on a plane. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Are you going to give Louis C.K. Louis C. credit for that joke that you just made? Which no, I no, not at all. What what did I rip off from Louis C.K.? The fat cat. You're a fat cat away. He says dead dog. No, it's completely different what he says. And no, I'm not going to give him credit. If I, I just, it's because I just gave him credit. So there you go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so because... don't worry, Louis C.K. I got your back. <laughs> so because I shut you the fuck down in your argument, you have to claim that I'm plagiarizing jokes now. Yes. God damn. <laughs> All right, moving on. God damn. Fuck, I get no respect here. This is total and complete bullshit. Yesterday was Veterans Day. The day before was the United States Marine Corps' 239th birthday. Was that a special day for you? I happened to serve in the United States Marine Corps. Jesse was a Marine, everybody. And <laughs> if you didn't see it, I posted a picture of him when he was younger as a Marine. I was a teenager in that photo. And I said that Jesse was a Marine, everybody, and yeah. it was pretty great. Pretty great. So anyway, yesterday we went out and got something to eat. And oftentimes when we go to a restaurant that has like a main bar, we'll eat at the bar so we don't have to have to hassle uh, a waitress or a waiter or whoever brings your fucking food. We just sit at the bar and, you know, it's easier. Anyway, we sat and apparently this restaurant, which will remain unnamed, it had uh, Veterans Day specials and they were giving away free entrees or whatever, which we ended up taking advantage of. They were giving away one free entree. Right, 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 right. Priced at a certain value, and you could either get something under that value, or you could get something over that value, and they would just credit that amount to your bill. You, you pay the difference, right? So anyway, we're not going to talk about the, the the Veterans Day deal so much as what went down. Apparently, it was advertised, and it was a fucking freak show. Well, USA Today and other news articles were running actual lists of Veterans Day specials. So apparently we were sitting next to someone who had found one of these lists. Well, we definitely, they had some list because they proceeded to, they sat there a while and they proceeded to tell everyone, every subsequent guest that sat next to them, there were several in the course of, over the course of the time that, you know, they the other guests would filter out and these people remained and they told the same stories, the same thing continually so we heard we heard the same shit several times over the course of the time that we sat there what i want to talk about a little bit is this weird hero complex that veterans have 
it bothers me because we sat there listening to this gentleman and his mother just jerking themselves off and s in their own d for a for 45 minutes. Well, don't you think that's about the time we spent there? Yeah, and then everyone around them that was a veteran, they took the time to s their d's as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> Since we're going with that, I guess I'll just continue to use that. It was just an odd thing that they were... Apparently, the the Veterans Administration is putting this young man through law school, and in the same breath that he shits on the VA, he talks about how they're paying for his law school. And that it bothered me that you really don't have a lot to bitch about where it relates to how the VA is treating you because you're getting your law school paid for. Right. Now... It's arguable whether you earned that. You know, I earned that by my service. Yeah, sure. He says that he had some kind of a, a disability created by the military, I guess, and I could claim the same. For me, there's a silent nobility. There's there's some kind of a, there's dignity in not like tooting your own goddamn horn constantly. Hey, everybody. We do it as a joke on the show because the first few times in in the first few episodes, I mentioned it as background on me to to qualify my remarks relative to the to the military or or foreign policy or whatever. And now it's just become a thing. And it's become a joke. And we had a lot of people listening to the show who would who would write in or communicate with us and tell us that has to stay because that's super funny. So we do it as a joke. Trust me, I've we've done complete segments on this show about heroes and how the bar for hero has been lowered. I'm not a hero. I'm not. I have no idea about that that gentleman's service at the restaurant, but my guess is he's no fucking hero. Heroes typically are left on the battlefield, and they don't come home alive. So my issue is just this weird thing about veterans who they're gonna let you know they were a veteran. They they want their their recognition if you're going into the service and you're going to serve your country and you you're doing it for the recognition you're doing it for the wrong reasons and i would go further to say that if you are the kind of person who wants recognition for having served then fuck you so i don't feel like i can say anything about any of this because i didn't serve and that would probably be inappropriate (laughs) but the issue that i had with the man and his mother at the at the bar they were talking about the list of free items that they right were getting and oh, they were actually they were actually they were actually going around to the different businesses and picking up all of their free items like they were going right. they took a full day to go around to oh, everywhere that they could get something free more than a full day because he mentioned his meal at claim jumper which was steak it was tri-tip and some kind of seafood that was a 23.99 value remember she told that several times i didn't hear that but that's pretty excessive that was the day before so it was it was a multi-day outing to get free shit that just seems weird to me i don't know Mm, it rubs me the wrong way it reminds me of when i was a kid and my parents, there was like kids eat free day at all these different restaurants. And every week we would go to the restaurants where kids eat free. On Monday, it was Cafe Olay. Right, right. Tuesday, it was Amici's. You know, I still remember. Yeah, every, yeah. There was like a different restaurant every every week. So 
or there was the same restaurant different days every week. Yeah, yeah. So it reminded me of that, which obviously rubs me the wrong way. Well, I I thought you were going to head into the territory of when she was talking to those gentlemen about... She said this story multiple times, obviously. Everything she fucking said was multiple times. But she said, someone asked me today what the difference between Memorial and Veterans Day is. And the difference is... The difference is... Nobody gets free stuff on Memorial Day. Yeah, I was... I wanted to reach across and smash her head into the table. Well, that would have been bad. So well, I'm glad that you didn't do that. I, you know, I have a little bit this thing called self-control. I Yeah. I I exhibit sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um so that is very disturbing that someone would say that. I mean, Memorial Day is obviously to honor those who have lost their lives while serving their country. While serving yeah. and to <laughs> I mean, you're not a comedian, so you're not you're not making like a funny joke. She wasn't trying to be funny. And that's you really just said, well, there's no point to Memorial Day because we don't get free stuff. There is actually still a point to Memorial Day, and it's for the people that have died. So listen, let's boil this down and we'll move on. (laughs) I don't want this to come across as I'm not grateful for those who serve. I'm very grateful. Very, very grateful. But don't you think there's some kind of something to be said for giving like someone who gives to charity and they do it silently that's there's something beautiful and pure about that they're not asking for anything in return they're they're doing it for the sake of doing it and i believe it's the same way with with serving one's country if you serve your country for the sake of serving your country and then when you get out you're quiet about it if somebody finds out you serve that's great I don't walk around with my bugle or trumpet and letting everybody know all the time constantly. Even even on Veterans Day, you know, at the end of it, we, we realized that they were given a deal, a little bit of a deal. So we I, I gave my my VA health card. And so we got the deal. But other than that, that was it. You didn't mention anything else. No. It was just we put the card down with our with credit, credit card, card and yeah. that was that. So anyway. Uh, if anybody has anything to say on this topic, please do not hesitate to leave us a less than three minute voicemail. 657-464-7609. You can also text that number. And before I move on, Amazon.com. There is a search bar right in the top right hand corner that says support the show. On that page, when you click that link, there's a search bar for Amazon. You can search for whatever product you're looking for whether it be new speakers for your computer, a book, or a giant Marine Corps flag. They will have it there at Amazon.com. And if you're going to spend your money there anyway, help us out. It goes a long way towards supporting your favorite twice-weekly show filled with news news, and ridiculous comment. I haven't said that in a long time. That is true. That is nice. So... Speaking of supporting the show, how's that for a transition? That's a great transition. We had last episode talked about a new segment that we we just came up with, talking about the asshole of today or the asshole of the day. And I, I put a call out to the audience to create little stingers, little transitional musical pieces in between for this particular segment. And we got our first submission. Michael, listener Michael, 
He emailed me and explained he didn't take much time on it, but he wanted to get something submitted. It's awesome. I'm very happy that we, we did get a, the, the very first submission. I'm sure we'll get many of these. Um, anyway, here is, thank you, listener Michael. Here is our first installment of the new segment, Asshole of Today. So, the inaugural, the number one, the very first pe- person featured as the asshole of today. You may have heard of her. Her name is Food Babe, or her alias, her screen name, her online persona is Food Babe. Right. Her real name is Vani Hari. Yeah, I think she's of Indian descent. She is very attractive. I will give her that. Food Babe is a fitting name, but she's dumb. So she's well. I don't know that she's dumb. I think she's calculating, and I think she's a charlatan. Okay, she. she yeah. Okay, you're right. You're now you're keeping me metered, which is weird. <laughs> I just don't appreciate her pseudo scientific attitude and claims and. Uh- Listen, I writing think and it drives me insane. You're giving her a lot of credit because I don't believe she's even trying. I think she's trying to come across as though she knows, but it's not even pseudo scientific because, well, I tell you what, let's go on. Let's talk about the story and then we'll get into why she's a terrible, terrible person. So on August 23rd, 2011, Food Babe wrote a blog and it was called Food Babe Travel Essentials. No reason to panic on the plane. And I use the word was called because it has since been deleted. And even the web cache, people take um, Google does caches of different sites. So if they change, there's a there's a record of it. And somehow she's she's made it so it's not it's not available anymore. Right. She's it's changed. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's gone. But luckily, someone skeptic seven eight two four zero dot WordPress dot com was able to copy the entire blog, including the picture that she had in the blog. Yeah, yeah. And pasted it into a blog so that we can still read it. So great. The internet is awesome. So I'm just going to read one section of it because this is going to be a really good um, barometer. For what a whack job dumb bitch she is. Right. So she says, this is her travel tips on a on an airplane. Quote, The air you are breathing on an airplane is recycled from directly outside your window. That means you are breathing everything that the airplanes give off. Excuse me. That the airplanes give off. I'm sorry. That the airplanes gives off. I I couldn't read it correctly because it's wrong. You you mean you couldn't read it incorrectly. Right. You kept correcting just automatically her bullshit. Right. Right. Okay. That the airplanes gives off and is flying through. The air. Wow. Preposition on the end there. Just everything. The air that is pumped in isn't pure oxygen either. It's mixed with nitrogen. Oh, my God. Did you hear that, everyone? (laughs) The air that it's pumped in from outside isn't pure oxygen. It's mixed with the dangerous gas, the dangerous chemical nitrogen. Get this, everybody. Sometimes almost at 50%. 50% nitrogen? Yeah. Holy shit. That's, this is shocking revelation coming from science blogger Food Babe. Right. 
She says to pump a greater amount of oxygen in costs money in terms of fuel, and the airlines know this. Oh. The nitrogen may affect the times and dosages of medications, make you feel bloated, and cause your ankles and joints to swell. Oh, my God. She's on to something here. She is on to something. Except for the fact that she doesn't know <laughs> what the air composition is every the, single day that's right. that we're on Earth. The Earth's atmosphere is a mixture of nitrogen, oxygen, and other gases. So it's... <laughs> are you ready for this? The Earth's atmosphere is 78% nitrogen, 21% oxygen, and other gases compose, they comprise about 1% of other, the other shit. So if they're pumping in 50% oxygen, you're getting your FDA recommended daily allowance of oxygen in spades. It's right. She is. So what happened here? She wrote this blog in 2011. She recently really came to the forefront of people knowing who she is because, because she of, writes about GMOs and right. well, there's, vaccines. There's two specific things that happened that really catapulted her to to people knowing who she is, I guess. Her Q rating really went up. Google Q rating. Uh, one was she attacked beer, the beer industry, for the toxins, that their, their manufacturing process, their ingredients. And then more recently was the pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks. Right. So she claims to be someone who is in the know relative to science, chemicals, health, diet, all of this stuff. And then those two things, I'm sorry, I'm kind of fucking digressing here. Uh, those two things made her very popular. So now people are going through her her prior catalog of blogs and finding the crazy shit that she said. Once this hit the wire, so to speak, once this became known that she wrote this, people started taking screenshots. They started uh, talking about it, and she deleted the page. So she's censoring her prior complete bullshit. When you read this, we're going to put a link up on the page. When 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 we put this on the page, you can read um there's zero citation. There is zero reference to anything of any credibility. It's just her just spewing bullshit, spewing nonsense, spewing non-science. Right. So what what's concerning to me is like you said there's nothing cited, there's nothing She's just writing. And the thing is, people love Food Babe. She is, she has many followers. Her Facebook page has over 350,000 daily um, viewers, is the, the number I read. And the likes are currently at 856,549. So she's almost at 1 million likes on her Facebook page. And I see people regularly sharing the things that she writes. And what is her background? What's her educational background? How does she understand how research works, how science works? Right. What she does is she writes about complicated subjects and uses complicated chemical names that sound scary. And then people who, you know, the uninitiated read it and they think, right. oh, my God, the beer is made with this. She is. She's capitalizing on the same fear tactics that these anti-vax people use that oh there's formaldehyde there there there's certain percentages of formaldehyde in vaccines that that's terrible and dangerous and scary what they don't realize is that if you let an apple sit out an apple or a pear sit out on your kitchen counter 
over time, a certain amount of formaldehyde naturally accumulates. It's a natural substance. It happens. It's right. A, it's the same thing with, with Nutter Butter, Dr. Oz, and his arsenic freakout. That he wouldn't let his kids drink apple juice because there's arsenic in it. Yeah, it's a natural occurring substance. It just happens to, to accumulate in safe amounts. Right, and that was that was the issue there. It's such yeah. a tiny amount that it doesn't even matter. It's the same thing with vaccines. People are like, oh, these chemicals are in there. It's a tiny amount that isn't going to affect anything. Well, and she writes these blogs about GMOs, and she doesn't even know the composition of the air. So right. it's like, why are you... Right. Why are you trying to be this science writer and educate people about GMOs and food and all of these things when you don't even understand basic things? Right. It's like, please stop. Well, we've got someone I went to high school with whom I love and respect. I think she's great. Um, apparently, her and Food Babe are from the same city, and uh, she has vehemently uh, defended food babe as being some kind of a, a crusader for health and it's she's a charlatan i think we've talked about her on the show before food babe have we not i'm not sure especially where it relates to the the pumpkin spice latte thing or what whatever she how she makes money is she always has a natural cure or a natural substitute for whatever it is she's talking about and she sends you a, to a link here. Say you went to Food Babe and hubba dubba da, you get a discount. You get ten percent off. Yeah. So she also attacks getting, sunscreen, is she, what you're remembering specifically. Right. Sunscreen. And she wrote a blog about the dangers of sunscreen, <laughs> and not not even talking about the dangers and the hundreds of thousands of people who contract skin cancer every year and who are dying of a terrible disease. Again, just using chemical names that sound scary that people don't understand that they become fearful of because they're in sunscreen and they don't understand how things work. Right. So then at the end of her blog, though, you could buy natural non-GMO sunscreen. I'm sure it was like non-GMO sunscreen, right? <laughs> and she, you could get 10% off or whatever. So she gets money out of that for advertising, right, right. for sending you there. So you should be suspicious of that. Anyone should be suspicious of that. Wait, she's saying this about sunscreen, then she's sending us to these natural products that she's obviously getting paid to promote. There might be something going on here. Isn't that naturally where people should go in their logic? You would think so. Apparently not. So that is why <laughs> we have graciously bestowed upon her the honor of being our very first asshole of today. And I just want to say one last thing. Any chance I get to remind people of this, I like to take advantage of that opportunity. I don't know what you're going to say, but I'll just agree. Please, please, please consider your sources before sharing information. What ends up happening on Facebook or any social media site, which is how most people get their information these days, is someone who is uneducated and doesn't understand things shares a link. Let's take one of the most popular ones going around right now, the Johns Hopkins flu shot link, where people are claiming that a Johns Hopkins employee is right. saying the flu shot is worthless. That's not a real link. It's not a real thing. It's not accurate. But everyone's sharing it because they don't understand how to research things and ensure that what they're looking at is correct. This goes for greenscience.com. Uh, Mother, Mother Jones or whatever. 
Yeah, themindunleashed.org. Okay, a lot of these websites have bias. They have an agenda. They have something that they're wanting to push on the people. Right. And that's something to take into consideration when you're reading something. Does someone want you to believe something because of their own agenda? This food babe chick, she has an agenda. She's writing blogs with no sources and everyone's eating it up because they're fearful and she's making it easy to comprehend, I guess. Don't just take that information at face value. Dig and research, you know? Right. Don't just read things on Facebook and say, yeah, Johns Hopkins, that flu shot's worthless. I saw it on Facebook. No. Well, Consider he who shared it first place. Here's the thing I see all the time is people will share. They will share something and then say, I don't know if this is true or not, but if it is, oh my God. Yeah, please what, what, don't do that. You're, you're, all you're doing is adding to the compendium of idiocy and fear mongering and you're buying into that bullshit. Right. So consider who's sharing it first. Look at the person. Are they generally intelligent? Do they generally share things that are good? Are they a conspiracy nut or butter? Right. And you need to take those things into consideration because I, I just really want to increase science literacy in in society and well, i know maybe, i'm wishful thinking but maybe your true path in life isn't to be a clinical psychologist in a therapy setting having your own practice maybe it's academia maybe your true true path in life is to tr teach science literacy at the college level yeah we'll see <laughs> you you seem unconvinced we'll see what happens <laughs> All right, moving on. Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. I don't want to turn this segment into the Ben Carlson hour or the Ben Carlson segment. However, we since we talked about him last time, we did a little digging. And for those of you conservatives who do listen to the show, and I know there are many, many, many of you, he is not your guy. He, in some ways, is your guy, but he holds he holds beliefs that are pernicious relative to your libertarian leanings. And here is evidence of that. He sat down with, again, a guy I don't want to talk about all the time, but he sat down with Glenn Beck. The first part of this clip is audio from a speech he gave in 2007, and then Glenn Beck asks him some rapid-fire questions, only one of which is germane to what we're talking about right now. That the founding document of this nation, the Declaration of Independence, talks about certain inalienable rights given to us by our Creator, a.k.a. God. Do they realize that the Pledge of Allegiance to our flag says we are one nation under God? That most courtrooms in the land on the wallet says, in God we trust. Every coin in our pocket, every bill in our wallet says, in God we trust. So if it's in our founding documents, it's in our pledges, it's in our courts, and it's on our money, but we're not supposed to talk about it, what in the world is that? In medicine, it's called schizophrenia. Hmm. Uh, let me, uh, uh, we're going to do rapid fire. Okay. All right. Uh, Second Amendment. Uh, guns, there's a reason for the Second Amendment. People do have the right to have weapons. Uh, with this argument that's going on, the way we solve it is we ask, what is each side afraid of? And then we address it that way. Do I have a right to own a semi-automatic weapon? Uh, it depends on, on, on where you live, I think. I think if you live in the midst of uh, a lot of people, 
Um, and I'm afraid that that semi-automatic weapon is going to fall into the hands of a crazy person. I would rather you not have it. If you live out in the country somewhere by yourself, I have no problem. Um, is that a government, or the federal government, or the local government that can decide that? Uh, I think it would probably be a local. Wow. Well, one, I thought you might want to address his, that's what in the medical community we call schizophrenia. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> so that's probably just the best way to address that. Right. That's right. not schizophrenia. <laughs> that's not what that is, huh? Yeah. I want to talk about a couple things. One is his, this is from uh, a couple years ago, uh, three or four years ago. So this is a little older, and I think he's become more polished. I think he probably would not say what he said if you asked him today. But he, when he's asked about, should I be able to own a semiotic weapon? And he says, well, it depends on where you live. So people who live in the country are apparently very trustworthy. And people who live in the city are not to be trusted. So what happens, though, if you move from the country to the city? I guess the government needs to take your semi-automatic weapon from you. So they're going to set up like a compound on the outskirts of the city That's right. and search you before you come in. Open that U-Haul. There's a rural to urban checkpoint for semi-automatic weapons. Right. <laughs> Logical. Well, the, the other thing is I don't think he understands exactly what a semi-automatic weapon is. I, I assume just I'm just guessing that they think they're talking about like assault rifles. But a nine millimeter pistol is semi-automatic. Semi-automatic is the it's the difference between fully automatic, which only military grade like 50 cal and saw. I mean, there's certain weapons that are fully automatic, which means you just pull the trigger. And as long as you're holding that trigger down, rounds are going down range. That's what that means. Semi-automatic hunting rifles are semi-automatic. Pull the trigger round, pull the trigger a round comes out, pull the trigger a round comes out until your magazine is empty. Well, and handguns are also... Handguns, too. Yeah. I mean, I, there might be some, some argument to be made that, a, that a, a revolver, like, you know, you see in the Old West, the six-shooter, that they are not... You like me doing my little movements? Yeah, put them up. <laughs> uh, that a, a revolver, the argument can be made that that's a semi-automatic. You pull the trigger, a round comes out. You pull the trigger, a round comes out. So... I don't know. Apparently, some Americans are able to have the right. They're afforded the right to bear arms that is protected under the Second Amendment of our Constitution. Apparently, if you're in the city, now that the Constitution doesn't fully apply to you. Only if you live in the country does the Constitution apply to you. Right. So for those of you who love you some Ben Carlson, those of you who I know like links from Conservative Tribune, on Facebook because you love him because you think he's a wonderful conservative and he's a patriot he does not believe fully in the equal protection defined under the Constitution of the United States of America yeah and it's really telling too because he might be saying things now where he's spinning a, right. a different story because he's hoping to win the bid to, right. to become yeah. president but he said this 
And so that's kind of problematic. Uh, it's something we definitely need to take into consideration. Is he just saying it to appeal to the left or does he genuinely believe this? Well, he was on Glenn Beck's he, show. He was on Glenn Beck's show saying this. So, so I feel like he would genuinely believe it. Absolutely. Because he doesn't need to say that to appeal to Glenn Beck. In no fact, need. Glenn Beck was probably like, uh, wait a minute. What? <laughs> right. Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> So we'll see. We'll see what kind of pandering liar he turns out to be. He's just going to be another Mitt Romney. Oh, well, that's not what I... Well, you know, my my views have evolved on this. Because, like, you were a teenager, apparently, five years ago, and you didn't really understand the nuances of the Equal Protection Clause of our Constitution or the importance and historicity of where the Second Amendment developed and, and it was born out of. And that's the thing. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt that they could change their mind because we should all change our mind whenever we get new evidence. But the thing is, ugh, you're already speaking before the public. You're already saying these things because you're trying to make an impression on people because right. you want to win their votes. So you kind of should have had your stuff on lock before you started talking. <laughs> right. Well, there's no new evidence related to this particular topic. Right. Science is it doesn't really play a role here. It's not global fucking warming. It's not evolution. It's this is the Second Amendment. This is the Constitution of the United States of America. Right. Anyway, mo moving on. So that's that's our dollamocracy relative to the presidency. And isn't uh, that nice? You guys are getting educated on all the candidates before they come up, before it's real big time, right? You guys yeah. are going to know everything. Uh, that's why we're doing this. I know. I'm excited. I, I'm very excited. Okay. Boner excited. Wow. Yeah. I got a boner just now for Ben Carlson. Mm. <laughs> Elderly neurosurgeon. Sounds like a clip at the end of the show, everybody. <laughs> so moving on. Gallup just did a poll. Apparently most Americans, this is shocking to me. Not necessarily shocking because of the current the, the the midterm election results, but most Americans want the Republican Party, the grand old party, the GOP, to set the agenda for America. So Americans' preference for who should lead U.S. direction. They asked this in 2011, 2012, 2013, and 2014. Barack Obama was ahead of the Republicans in Congress in 2011, 2012, and then it dipped below in 2013. And now 53% of Americans want the Republicans in Congress to lead the U.S. direction, while only 36% want Barack Obama. So that's pretty significant. Yeah, it's significant. It's also weird. Well, listen. America is in a America is in a is we're in a tough spot right now because we don't really have true leadership at the federal level. There's tons of. Yeah, I, fuck, I don't know. It's a it's a we're in a we're in a tight spot to quote uh, George Clooney from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? We we are in a tight spot. And for those of you who know that reference, you're laughing right now because it's funny. Brittany apparently doesn't know the reference and does not laugh at my funny, funny movie references. Okay, what happened was I was prepping for the next thing I'm going to say. So Th this this is what I'm talking about. There, we're in a tight spot. Just come on out and grab it in. And don't try nothing fancy. Your situation is putting out a hatred. Damn. We're in a tight spot. Damn. 
We're in a tight spot. Damn his eyes. Ford is leaving us no choice, Butcher. Smoke you out. Damn, we're in a tight spot. Still don't think it's funny. Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Your silence just shits right on me. I gave a fake laugh just now. Yeah, it, it, clearly fake. Okay, so the president's approval rating in November 2010 was 44%. Yeah. And I said that like that because, ooh, it's, that sounds pretty bad still. Then in November. I thought it seemed high. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And then. Because he's had a terrible approval rating, approval rating for a long time. And then in November 2016, it was 37%. Yeah, that sounds more like it. And what is it now? Well, that, that is now. November 2014 is oh, 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 37%. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they also have George Bush help, here. It would help is when your mouth moves, if I listen to the words that come out of it, it would probably benefit the show greatly. I I agree. <laughs> George Bush, they have his approval rating in November 2006. It was 33%. So that's lower than yeah. Barack Obama right now. Yeah. Well, he was, you know, a terrible second term president. Bill Clinton. Holy crap. Th- I'm just looking at this right now and it's amazing. His approval rating in December 1998 was 73%. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. He, people, they love the shit out of that. Wh- what year did you say? Nin- 1998. Yeah. That's December 98. That's crazy. And then the election that followed where, where George Bush took over for Clinton was 2000. So that was that was even all the, the all the scandal and all the bullshit. He was still super popular. The country was doing very, very well. Right. So they also asked, now that Republicans have won control of Congress in this November's election, do you think that the country will be better off, worse off, or will it not make any difference? And, of course, Republicans, 67 percent say we're better off. Yeah, of course they do. And Democrats, oh my God, the sky is falling. Democrats, 44% say we're worse off. But right. then 43% of Democrats say no difference. Yeah, it's not going to make a fucking bit of difference. All right, moving on. Chief diplomat Dennis Rodman <laughs> claims to have secured the release of Kenneth Bay from North Korea. Yeah, so Kenneth Bay was imprisoned in yeah. North Korea. He's the guy that lost all the weight and they said he had a medical condition and it was very, it was dire that he get out of there or he was going to die. Yeah, he was in captivity for two years. Mm-hmm. Now, Dennis Rodman is claiming victory over getting him released, saying that it was him because his best friend for life, Kim Jong-un. Well, you know, listen, with as wacky as Kim Jong-un is and that whole situation with Dennis Rodman going over there multiple times... I would not put it past the the nuttery of North Korea to have that be the case. So he wrote a letter to Kim Jong-un. He says, my dear friend for life, Marshal Kim Jong-un. And he sent this letter in January 2014. In the letter, he writes that, quote, although I understand the crimes that Bay has committed. The crimes. <laughs> I ask... I ask for your mercy to prisoner Kenneth Bay and would be eternally grateful for his safe return because that would be a big step toward bridging the gap between our two nations. Mm. Like I said, chief diplomat Dennis Rodman. He called him Marshal Kim Jong-un. Yeah, it's some some title in North Korea. So that's not necessarily what I wanted to talk about, though. The main point of this whole thing that I wanted to talk about that I thought was interesting was upon his release, Kenneth Bay, who was apparently deathly ill, the first things that he wanted to chow down on 
to indulge, if you will, were Papa John's Pizza and Starbucks. Yeah, he didn't specifically say Papa John's Pizza. He just said pizza. But in the picture that he posted of him eating the pizza, it's Papa John's Pizza. And how do I know this? Because there's the little garlic dipping sauce in the corner of the box. (laughs) And I'm an expert on identifying Papa John's Pizza. Right, right. And then he also said yes, that he was also craving some Starbucks. So he is... Food Babe would not be happy with Kenneth Bay right now. (laughs) That's true. He is a good American, though, wanting some Papa John's and some Starbucks upon his arrival back to America. Yeah. He said he was not wanting to ever eat Korean food again because he had been eating it for two years and he's over it now. Well, listen, I'm looking at the rundown at the board... And it looks like every single thing we've talked about so far could fall under the asshole of today moniker. And it continues with Pakistani schools are celebrating a day called the I Am Not Malala Day. A federation of private schools in Pakistan has observed a day of protest against the children's right activist Malala, claiming her book offended Islam. The All-Pakistan Private Schools Federation observed an I Am Not Malala Day on Monday, and they held seminars and marches against Malala. The Federation's president denounced Malala's book, I Am Malala, and its criticism of official bans against novels considered to be offensive to Muslims, including works by Salman Rushdie. Quote, it is clear that Malala has nexus with Salman Rushdie and also has alignment with Rushdie's ideological club. Yeah, it's, they are, that's the reason, is because they believe that she's sympathetic to him. Uh, there was a fatwa placed against uh, Salman Rushdie because of his book, The Satanic Verses, which was fiction. It was a fiction book, but apparently it was critical of Islam and the prophet Muhammad, a peace be upon him. Uh, so, just fucking nuttery and assholery, really, right. coming out of Pakistan, and they're, it's not sanctioned government policy that I am not Malala Day, but it is certainly a large group of private schools that are banding together to be pricks about someone who's super inspirational. Sorry. Well, right. And it's weird because she doesn't denounce Islam. Right. right. Of course not. She still wears a veil or where's the where's the hajib, the the hajib and uh, keeps her fucking head covered and, you know, self oppresses. (laughs) She definitely still subscribes to those tenets and the faith and she has been an advocate for the faith so i don't understand what they're talking about it's ridiculous she's still listen as much as i do admire her you know her family they are still getting down on their flying carpets and praying to their invisible no all right Views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. All right, there we go. So, anyway, I, I, I digress. Maybe I'm getting a little radical with it, but she's, st- as much as she's advocating for education, her family, they're still stuck. In, in the proverbial dark ages relative to religion. Because science and religion, do they don't mesh. They don't link up. They don't sync up. Anyway, moving on. Recently in California, during this midterm, uh, there were several propositions on the ballot, one of which we're going to talk about today. 
Proposition 47 was a, an initiative, uh, a referendum of sorts, for trying to ease the spending and the overcrowding amongst California prisons. It was called the Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act, and the proposition, which passed, will reclassify drug and theft crimes that involve less than $950 from felonies to misdemeanors. So, it's interesting. I love how they, they, they name these fucking acts. It's called the, the Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act. Right. But they're going to be releasing thousands of prisoners. They're going to be underclassifying certain crimes. So... Under Prop 47, and it got a lot of support from people who are proponents of decriminalizing drug offenses. And that's, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's I am great. Okay. That's fine. However, it didn't just include drug offenses. If, if someone goes into a house and steals a gun that's less than $950, that's now going to be a misdemeanor. That's, that's, a, a, that's a problem. That's a problem. If someone is, here's something drug related. If someone has a pocket full of roofies, date rape drugs, that's a misdemeanor. Even though there's no reason to have date rape drugs except for to rape. Right. So before it was passed, if a person was caught with Rohypnol, which is the most common date rape drug, in their pocket, they could be prosecuted for a felony and end up in a state prison for three years. Now that the initiative has passed, someone who has Rohypnol on their person would be liable for only a misdemeanor, and it would be punishable by up to a year in jail and a $1,000 fine. But as a practical matter, this person would likely do no jail time at all, and it would actually just be a slap on the wrist. Right. It's the Lindsay Lohan effect that our, our prisons are so full here in California that you go, you get checked in, you're officially booked in, and then you're immediately released. So it's... Complete bullshit. And what's alarming about that is, like you said, someone who has Rohypnol is carrying it for a reason. Yeah, Either they're going exactly. to distribute it to rapists or they themselves are going to use it and they are a rapist. Right. Because there's no other reason that someone has date rape drugs. But so 538, we love them on the show. They did some math here. So and that's, that's 538.com. That's... Nate Silver, that's his his website, right? Right. So they ran some statistics on how Prop 47 will affect California's prison population. And this is based on the number of relevant charges filed in 2012. So they break it down into six categories, dangerous drugs, burglary, narcotics, theft, marijuana, and forgery. And they list the estimated convictions affected by Prop 47. So this is the estimated convictions that will be overturned. Not overturned, go from a felony to a misdemeanor. Which would mean they probably time served they're going to need their well the whole entire motivation behind this proposition prop 47 was to release thousands of prisoner prisoners that are burdening the the california penal system right it's to save money right and they do say that the savings will go to programs for drug treatment schools and victim services that's why they call it the safe neighborhood and schools act right if everything goes as planned. So the estimated convictions affected by Prop 47. Dangerous drugs, 16,050. Burglary, 9,727. Narcotics, 8,099. Theft, 5,517. Marijuana, 487. So all of you potheads 
that went out and voted for this, thinking that you were going to be releasing throngs of people wrongly convicted of marijuana possession. It's just not the case. We're talking about meth. We're talking about heroin. We're talking about hard drugs that kill people. And I'm, listen, I do have a libertarian bent, and I don't know where necessarily I stand on the legalization of all drugs. But I can tell you this, there is a vast difference between meth and the damage that it does to our youth and our society and heroin, which people overdose and die on. There's a vast difference between those two drugs and marijuana. Clearly, just by the numbers of people who are being released, 413 fucking people. It's, it's not, it was a non-issue, and you were led to believe that it was. 487. And what, Sorry, what, 487. Is, what is problematic is the burglary and theft, and that's burglary, 9,700, and theft, 5,500, 5, which that's quite a bit. Right. So 538 is using t- 2012 as a baseline, and they say the data shows that Prop 47 will result in about 40,000 fewer charges resulting in incarceration per year. Right. Which is probably going to save money. And yeah, and other, they, kind of broke it down by several different states that have done this and it has saved those states money so that's a good thing but i'm just nervous for a lot of people to be released that are burglars and robbers and i consider those violent crimes well they're you're you're victimizing someone they're not victimless crimes right same with having rohypnol that seems like a, cr- a crime that has a victim. Right. And, and a, a, a potentially violent, violent victim. You are violating someone. Right. So I wish that we could have had some kind of initiative that had the, the drug crimes taken out of this bubble, which included the theft and burglary crimes. Right. That would have made more sense. But well, whatever. They, they wanted to put it on the ballot as something else and, 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 and advertise it. It was false advertising to the nth degree. And... I really hope that going forward, we don't see the type of damage and negative effect that I suspect will happen. If it doesn't, awesome. That is great. But I hope not. Anyway, moving on. Listen, if you have something to say about that, I know we have listeners here in California that uh, voted for Prop uh, 47. I did not. I voted no. Um, If you do have something to say, 657-464-7609. Less than three-minute voicemail or text that number. I really, really, truly would like to hear what you have to say. Um, Try to do it when you're not high because it's better for the phone call and people understanding what you're saying. (laughs) I agree with that. Am I pigeonholing? Am I pigeonholing too much? (laughs) Moving on. In Tracy, California, Tracy High School student Derek Giardina... He, it was in a, I tell you what, I've got a news package on it. We'll just play that and it will inform you. A 17-year-old Tracy High School student got himself into hot water for his reading of the Pledge of Allegiance at school. He refused to say the words, under God. I think that that's very wrong that, you know, you, you get, you know, disciplinary actions for, for thinking for yourself. Good evening, I'm Sam Shane. The teen says he was punished, including detention. School leaders are standing by their decision. New at 6, CBS 13's Derek Shore is in Tracy with both sides of this dispute. 
Well, the Tracy School District says they respect everyone's religious beliefs or lack thereof, but they say if you're going to lead the school in the Pledge of Allegiance, you better recite it in the traditional way. Personally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the pledge at all because I'm, you know, I'm not necessarily very patriotic and I'm not religious. But Derek Giardina says he went along with his speech and debate class assignment to get on the intercom and lead his school West High in the Pledge of Allegiance, something everyone in the class is assigned to do 12 times per year. But after reading the traditional 1954 version on his first two turns, on his third turn, he felt it necessary to remove the line under God from his reading, simply skipping over it. Nation. Indivisible, liberty and justice for all. Giardina says he is agnostic and felt no need to use under God, but then learned his grade had been docked. It's a very large uh, point value. He says he was warned if he admitted under God again, he'd be in trouble. Well, he did again and now has detention. There's something disciplinary happening because of my, you know, religious beliefs. A public forum where you're going to represent the school is not a place where you can uh, voice a controversial issue and force that on other people. Sam Strube at the Tracy School District says while school leaders respect all students' right not to say the pledge, the reason Derek was punished is the reading is an assignment. If students didn't want to do the assignment, Strube says there was an alternative offered. He didn't participate in the assignment correctly? Well, he uh, students are given, like I said, students are given that choice, you know. And so, if you're representing the school and you're reading the announcements to this class, you can be graded on how well you read the announcements, basically. Derek's decision has gotten around town. Vietnam vet and high school parent John Phillips feels like this: If you don't want to say in God, don't get up there and stand and, and, and recite the pledge, because if you're going to recite the pledge recite it correctly. But other students I spoke to off camera support Derek. He says his fight will go on. I, I don't want someone else to have to, you know, fight for this. this. This should be unnecessary. And tonight it's unclear what Derek's next step is going to be, but the school district says they hope to continue a conversation with him and his family who is supporting him in his fight. And we are getting answers about what the law says about Pledge of Allegiance in schools. The Supreme Court has ruled that students do not have to participate in reciting it but it is not a violation for it to be led in schools. So, in fact, California Education Code requires patriotic exercises, and the pledge fulfills that requirement. So I, was it Derek that said that he isn't particularly patriotic? Yes. Okay. Well, I, I've gone on his Facebook page. Um, you know, he's a high school kid. It's, I think it's, it's understandable. He's kind of wears, you know, like punk rock leather jacket or jean jacket with you know misfits patches and that kind of i don't think okay i get exact, i get his type yeah, 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 we get sure, it sure. yeah so the I, word anarchist may or may not appear <laughs> on his twitter bio okay <laughs> that makes a lot of sense so he said in this article there's something disciplinary happening because of my religious beliefs I guess he could have also said my lack of religious beliefs. Yeah, sure. And so that is something that's problematic. It's just weird that we keep on having this debate because it just shouldn't be an issue. It's it's strange to me for a number of reasons. One, when they interviewed the guy, and I wish I had written down his name as he said it, uh, there was somebody, a spokesman for the school who was talking. And he said, this is a public forum, and it's inappropriate for Derek... It's inappropriate for Derek to read the pledge, leaving out the God part, and force that on other people. So he's forcing the pre-1954 version of the Pledge of Allegiance 
on the student body. The same argument could be used, dickface who I can't remember your name, the same argument could be used to say that they don't, if they want to say under God, they can say under God. He left it out. If you want to say it, go ahead and say it. That's, that's what, the better way to do it. Go ahead. Sorry. That's what I mean by it, it's just a, a dumb argument. Because so what I'm getting at or what I'm getting from the news story is that he was reading the Pledge of Allegiance like on a news like the announcements in the morning. That's right. Yeah. And so everyone knows what the Pledge of Allegiance is. Right. So while he's reciting it over the intercom, everyone else is reciting it to themselves. And if they choose to say under God, then they do. It's not like the person over the intercoms reciting it and everyone is following what that person says right. or needs to. Well, what what kind of a... Everyone's reciting it together at the same time. Right. It's not like follow after me, say the words that I say after I say them. Right. It's, it's not some indoctrination thing. I mean, to a degree, I think it's arguable that that kind <laughs> of a patriotic uh, display is is there is a propaganda element to it. Well, and you've been reciting it since kindergarten. You know, when you get to that under God part, even if he doesn't say it, you're going to say it just out of force of habit. Right, because you've been saying it every day right. since you were in kindergarten. Yes. So anyway, listen, I, I, I certainly, there is something to be said for a little bit of di civil disobedience while in high school. There's a Colorado uh, school district right now that... Um, they are they are protesting certain things that are being taught or a textbook or something's going on. We should talk about it next show. But I agree with I like that one. It's teaching kids, young adults, how to interact with the power structure, how to push back against shit that you disagree with in a peaceful manner. If anything, he, this kid should be lauded for his use of nonviolent, non-controversial because whether you believe it or not, he's not fucking hurting anybody. Anyway, I don't want to go too far afield here because I do want to give him a chance to come on the show and either, you know, sail valiantly or sink his fucking ship. Um, but overall, I, I agree with him and I think he's doing a good thing. Moving on to our wrap up, Brittany, we're going to talk about here's. I made a joke to some people the other day that I'm big in Finland, <laughs> meaning kind of Northern Europe, Scandinavia, because we have a large, a very large following in, uh, in Denmark, in Norway, in Finland, even in Amsterdam, the, 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 the lady who, who wrote in and shared her story about at the grocery store. I wonder if it's because you're a ginge. It might be that I'm a giant Viking looking weirdo. Mm-hmm. Not that all of you are. Oh, man, I'm really stepping on my dick now. I know, you better be careful. So anyway... Um, I'm sure they're very sensitive, our listeners. I don't know what kind of a utopia that Oslo, Norway is, but <laughs> this happened in Oslo. This next story happened in Oslo where police responded to a man screaming in his apartment. The police received several calls on Monday evening after people heard screams coming from an apartment in the nation's capital. Yet when a police patrol arrived to investigate, they found the screams had come from a male chess fan who was playing against a computer and had simply been outmoved. <laughs> Oslo police tweeted on their official social media page after the incident saying, quote, 
we're at the place. Just a chess player frustrated by constantly losing against his own PC. Awesome. <laughs> There's a number of things that make this awesome. One is the Oslo, the Oslo Norway Police Department has an official social media account to which they post things directly related to calls that they're going on. I know. They're at his house and they're tweeting... We're at the place right now. This is the situation. <laughs> Don't worry, everybody. We got it under control. It's That's awesome because Oslo is a, a city with a population of almost 600,000 people. Wow. It's over half a million people there. And not enough serious crime happens that they, they're not like, oh, shit. Well, glad you're safe. We got to get on to the next call. Right. They can, you know, hey, sit around and laugh and joke and why are you a crazy chess playing nutball here we're gonna tweet everybody and let them know everything's good i know what a weirdo this person is what kind of screaming was he doing at the computer that's weird he's just a nerd turd he's a he's he's a he's a a norwegian nerd turd maybe we need to have alliteration there yeah that was good maybe we need to have a nerd turd of the day segment as well maybe we should get the chess nerd turd on the show to talk about his experience Having the police called because of his screaming. <laughs> that would be interesting. I'd like him to set, to, to set the stage, to, 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 to paint a picture with his words of the evening. Right. I wonder if he speaks English. Me too. <laughs> All right. Enough. Brittany's hating my guts right now. I guess that means right we're done. Right now? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, everybody. Listen, we love you. We appreciate you taking time out of your week, out of your day, out of your busy schedules to listen to me run my mouth and have words fall out of my my fucking flapper. Is that what I should say for my mouth? My flapper? Yeah, that works. But listen, top right-hand corner of dollamore.com, there's a link that says support the show. Go there. Pick your poison. If you've got extra change just laying around that you'd like to dedicate to the show patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. It goes a long way to help us out, whether it be hosting our files or, or just the general upkeep and, and, and putting the show together. If not, that is okay. You, you donate to us with your time and your support of the show. Don't forget the phone number 657-464-7609. We appreciate you. We love you. And we wouldn't be doing this without you. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been another episode of I Doubt It. I got a boner just now for Ben Carlson. <laughs>